Disclaimer, we do not agree with or support J.K. Rowling's bigotry and prejudice in any way, shape, or form, and we also do not tolerate Draco stands or Death Eater sympathizers. However, you are all warmly welcome to tune in to our podcast. We'd also like to forewarn everyone that we will be mentioning later books and events in every episode. So here's your official spoiler alert. On with the show! My name is Adelia Volkanov, back again with Colin Bones. We welcome you to our podcast, Ron and Hermione Minus the Romance. Let's get to it. Were you um, waiting for me to say something stupid? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you just ruined it! <laughs> this is like the first <laughs> This is like the first week we've done it right. Today we'll be discussing and analyzing chapters 12, 13, and 14 of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Okay, so we start off with a great start of Fred and George hitting Voldemort in the head with snowballs. <laughs> yes. It's like Ever the best since part that of the entire one book. person like tweeted it or something, that's like one of my favorite parts of this book is just that Fred and George yeah. didn't even know what they were doing. Like they, like, do you know how pissed I, off Voldemort must have been? Like, that's what I was just about to say. I can see him, like, seething under the turban. Yeah. Like, I swear to freaking... Oh my god, just like, I'm gonna kill every single teenager I ever see after I mean, this. I mean, he gets <laughs> one of them. Oh my god. <laughs> I cannot believe he just said that. <laughs> um, it's not him. Yeah, I don't even dude, remember... I don't also, even remember I what I was gonna say. I found this out the other day. Just a little fun fact. Um... The person, I don't know if this is true, I saw it on like a post or something, it might be made up, but the person, uh-huh. Ron in the diner, said he, they should kill was the person who killed Fred. Was it Dolohov? I think so. I don't remember. Dolohov, yeah. Yeah, Antonin Dolohov. That's interesting. I mean, yeah. I mean, Ron said it in the moment because like the guy almost like killed Hermione and he's like, no, let's just murder yeah. him right now. <laughs> he was feeling rather romantic was... at the beginning of Deathly Hollows. <laughs> I mean, and they if say you chivalry call that romantic. is dead. <laughs> yeah. They say chivalry is dead and here's Ron who wants to commit murder just because someone almost hexed Hermione. <laughs> I always, See, you know, it's, it's not because... crazy to think that the Weasley family could be murderers. <laughs> my god we're not going back to this theory but i was just gonna say like i noticed the snowball scene like the first time i read the books and i thought it was funny that it didn't get popular until like someone mentioned it like (laughs) on twitter which i think is interesting because i feel like a lot of the smaller like funny moments because of like the movies leaving them out because you can't include everything but still like i feel like a lot of that's like like, random cgi to include at that time that would be kind of expensive yeah for sure. That's not but needed yeah, at was, all. <laughs> yeah. But so, like, little moments like this always get, like, left out. And it's always, like, whenever I reread the books, I'm like, wow, this is actually, like, hilarious. Yeah. I can't believe that, like, I forgot about it. <laughs> okay. So, here's my big thing, okay? <laughs> I didn't, okay. Okay. I have decided that I'm going to keep track of how many times Malfoy is attacked in the books by someone. So whenever I am sad, I can look at that nice high number and smile, okay? So we get our first attack on Malfoy, because Ron straight up tackles Malfoy in the middle of the hall. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And Snape, like, gets him in trouble, (laughs) because I don't remember. He's probably insulting his family. He was kind of being a horrible person at the beginning of that chapter. But if anyone, I mean, isn't he always? Yeah. <laughs> if anyone 
thinks I missed something, please tell us on Instagram or something because I need to make yes. sure this is correct. So I have a little on my Harry Potter note stock at the top. I have a Malfoy attack count. <laughs> so one for Ron Weasley. <laughs> oh. <laughs> this is going to end up being great by the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, also, my just first... realized something. Oh. Ron's the first person to attack Malfoy and the last person to attack Malfoy. Oh, you're right. That's nice. Yeah. How sweet. I always love... It's always so funny, like, in the seventh book, and I don't want to dwell on this for too long, but when they save Malfoy because Harry's just like that, and Ron's like, if we die for him, I will literally kill you. (laughs) And I always thought that was, like, one of the funniest things. (laughs) Okay. Okay, so you're gonna say. Yeah, my first note is actually about the mirror of Erised. Um, just in case no one like got this, um, Erised is desire spelled backwards, and obviously the mirror of Erised <laughs> shows you your greatest desire. And wow. I wish that the movies. I'm just saying that for people who I might know. not know because I didn't figure it out. I didn't figure it out for like three years. But <laughs> what? I wish. I literally <laughs> figured out my first weed through. Oh, wow. Good for you. Okay. Clearly I'm just we're both really cool. glad that you were really smart. Were you going to mention <laughs> I what was... the little line on it says? Like, the words on it what? mean? Um, I was Backwards. actually not thinking of that, but my my note was <laughs> that I wish that the movies had included that Harry didn't just see his parents in the mirror of Arison, oh, and he like... saw his entire family. He saw his entire family, Sans Dursleys, of course, but he saw everyone that he hadn't gotten the chance to meet. And I feel like this is a really important part of Harry's greatest desire, because it's not just about wanting to meet his parents, which he obviously did, and they were probably at the forefront of that desire, but it's about him longing for a family in general, Mm -hmm. which was completely taken from him as an infant. And, um... Yeah, like I said, like, you know, his parents are probably at the very front of that because they were the closest people to him. And, of course, you would probably want to meet them more. But I feel like excluding the fact that he saw his entire family, because that really just shows that Harry didn't have a family. Like, Mm -hmm. he didn't feel like he had one at all. And it's not like, you know, I want to meet my parents because they were murdered. It's I want to meet everyone because I never got to experience family, like, ever in his entire life, at least not yet. And Ron, we know, saw himself as head boy and holding the Quidditch Cup, and he sees himself fulfilling his parents' expectations of him. And it's not even really about outshining his siblings, which I think you mentioned once. Mm -hmm. It's more about, like, fitting in. Um, Ron, as we know, is raised in a highly competitive household, and he's really preoccupied, at least at this moment, um, with living up to the bar that Molly set for him. And we see Ron achieve most of these. You know, he does win the Quidditch Cup, and he gets to, like, hold it up in the common room in one year, and everyone's like, yay, Ron! But <laughs> but this is something I find kind of interesting, because Harry was raised in a household where he wasn't poor, but like Ron, he had almost nothing to his name. And he could have very easily desired, like, material items that he missed out on as a kid. Like, he missed out on a childhood. But he instead longed for family. And obviously Ron was raised in a loving family. But um, he was also raised in a really, really competitive atmosphere and poverty. And he instead of, I guess, wishing for a family that was happy with all of them the way they were, he kind of looked at it more as if he was 
missing out on material things that other kids got. So I feel like they both felt like they missed out on a childhood in some way or some part of their family, but they went about it and they wanted different things because of that. And while I think Ron is far from superficial, you know, his deepest desire was more so than Harry's, which I thought was interesting. It's definitely, like, when you read it for the first time, like, not thinking of anything, you definitely think that Ron is, like, a little selfish there. And it can be. It probably is. Like, he's thinking about himself in that moment. Granted, he needs that moment. But, like, we are only saying this because of the grand aspect of his character that we see later on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I had some notes before this about like the Nicholas Flamel stuff, but oh yeah, um, <laughs> I have a couple. Of I'll, I'll, <laughs> since we're talking about the Mirror of Erised stuff, um, yeah. So I first thing about Harry's things he sees in the mirror, isn't it kind of weird? Harry like knows what his parent like. I don't really know how the Mirror of Erised works, but like. Harry's never seen his parents before, and yet his desire shows them exactly how they look. Yeah, and the rest of his family. I think that the Mirror of Erised, just like other magical things that show you things about yourself that you didn't know, like Boggarts and things like that, I think that because they're magical objects, I feel like they... I guess they just know. That sounds really dumb. I guess they kind of know intuitively because Harry somewhere has fleeting memories of his parents. And while he's never met his grandparents or any of that, you know, the Mirror of Erised sees inside of him what he wants. And I guess it just must know what it is, you know? Cause There's Ron, also the part I guess, that, like, Voldemort is inside of him and he knows what they look like. So I don't. That seems true. obscure, but it could be a reason. It does. I. I honestly just gave that to, you know, because it's a magical mirror. <laughs> well, that, yeah, because I'm sure I think I'm it's sure about time it's we to... answered one of these questions with just magic. <laughs> like, because that's really what <laughs> yeah, most I... of this is in Harry Potter. Yeah, honestly, but at the same time, it's like Ron had never held a Quidditch cup, but it still, like, showed him that. And I know it's different, but I think if there's going to be a magic mirror that's going to show everyone their deepest desire, it just has to know, like how you know it has to be able to show everyone that and if like the mirror can't be like hey dude we don't know what your parents look like really i know that's what you want but like we can't (laughs) give it to you you know like it had to you know it had to somehow intuitively it's you know it's not really alive i don't know if a mirror can have intuition but it i think yeah i just think it wouldn't make sense if it didn't you know yeah because then it would just show harry and like you know like some drawings like this might be what they look like (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you kind of talked about the Ron stuff. And I... There's a lot of speculation about what Hermione would see. And I believe J.K. Rowling said something on it. And she said, like, oh, she'd just see everyone safe. And I think... Yeah, she said something about, like, everyone being safe and maybe her with some specific redhead. And, like... (laughs) What? (laughs) I mean... I wouldn't completely rule out the possibility that she may see Ron in the yeah. mirror, but at this, if we're talking about Hermione at the same, if she would have seen the mirror at the same time as Harry I and Ron, I think she was probably answering I don't think for it like, would have. later. Later. Yeah. yeah, sure. That might make sense for later. I think that's a bit simplistic for Hermione. You know, Hermione know didn't spend her. Would be now. Probably just. Yeah. Because she's like, Hermione what didn't... she wants right now. She has friends and she's top of her class. Well, not. 
Yeah, she does have friends, and she's, yeah. I just, I think the idea that at the end of all of this, that Hermione would, like, just see Ron is a bit simplistic. Like, even, I don't mm-hmm. know. I mean, kind of not, but at the same time, like, Hermione didn't spend her life, like, this is what I want, like, I need Ron, I need Ron, you know? She was serially independent, and I feel like, I don't know, like, at this moment, I before the troll, it probably would have been Ron, and also Harry, because she wanted friends, yeah. but... At this moment, I don't know. I guess, I don't know. I guess it would just something that would honestly reflect probably her just ambition. like knowing what Nicholas Flamel is. That's like her main desire at this point right now. <laughs> She's very focused. I on feel it. like, yeah. I mean, Harry and Ron were too in a sense, but this is you know the mirror of Erised goes much deeper than just something you want to know. This is something that's like very very deep mm-hmm. either in your subconscious or something you don't like to think about <laughs> just to um, just to pull a you right now <laughs> so i actually looked up what this little message said that's why i wow i'm so I like I've smart and i've always looked at it and like i've looked at it backwards and i'm like that doesn't say anything but it's like yeah it's in latin it's not it's not no i just assumed because the spells are in latin no it's actually just like you know how it's it's not separated properly in letters. Uh-huh. So it actually says, I show not your face, but your heart's desire. So. Huh. Yeah. God, Harry, oh. if you just read it backwards. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Because, you know, everything works like that in Harry Potter. They always spell I mean... things backwards. It's not strange <laughs> that they did it for one item. <laughs> yeah. Okay, um, I actually have a quick note on Nicholas Flamel. Okay. Actually. I have some I, stuff I on Nicholas I also did Flamel. some research. Oh. I did some research. So I would like to note that, well, I was looking for the meaning of his name because I was thinking Flamel, you know, it kind of might have something to do with alchemy. But what I found was a real alchemist yeah. named Nicholas Flamel. He's French. Who was linked to the creation of the Philosopher's Stone. He is French. I had yeah, a note about just, this, actually. Really? Well. Yeah. Because I, I was, I I was like, and, when... Ron's like, you should ask your parents. And she's like, they're dentists. I was like, it's actually, if Hermione had asked her parents, they might know because he's a real person. Yeah, it's very obscure knowledge for the Hermione's parents to know. But I just thought it was funny. Yeah, and Nicholas, and he actually was linked to the creation of the Philosopher's Mm -hmm. Stone, which was said to be like a real thing. And. The age, you know, said in the book and the real Nicholas Flamel matches up because I did some math, <laughs> which I don't do often, so enjoy this. The real Nicholas Flamel was born in 1330, and that would make him 600 and some odd years the same as Nicholas Flamel in the book. Mm-hmm. And Perenelle was a real person as well. So I, I, I kind of wonder about the writing process. Like, you know, J.K. Rowling sitting at her desk like, okay... I either make up an alchemist or I look up an alchemist <laughs> and take his life and turn it into magic. <laughs> that just seems, honestly, this book feels like she just like found out about this random thing about the Philosopher's Stone. It was like, let's write a book about it, you know? Like, <laughs> she just wanted to seem yeah. cool with her knowledge there. And, it, and it's interesting because when I was looking about up about that too, it's just, it seems right, but it's just a random note that Nicholas Flamel is the only real person ever named in Harry Potter. Like, the real name. Yeah, that's and true. And it's weird, because they obviously, <laughs> like, this isn't a, this is not the same universe, because obviously the minister isn't, like, 
the actual minister of England for the time. So yeah, do they yeah. name him? I don't know. They might have kept it obscure. I don't know. I kept. I no, keep saying obscure think... this episode. I don't know what's happening to me. <laughs> even in, do they name the Muggle prime minister in the sixth book in that first chapter? Yeah, that's what I'm asking. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. Okay, that's but interesting. Just though. a little note there. <laughs> Can I? Okay. Well, I forgot yes, what I was go actually going to say about Hermione's desire before. So. Oh yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Um, I just thought that like, I feel like all of Harry and Ron and Hermione in the later books would desire to everyone to be safe. Like, it feels weird to just Probably. say Hermione. Like, they all definitely change. Yeah. I don't think Harry would have his parents as a desire at some point because I feel like he has come to grips with it and like I have a family now and he always has Uh a constant desire to have a family but he knows that his friends are more important to him at that point yeah I think at some point that like you said that it probably shifted well I'm sure he would he'll you know, he'd always wish that he had met his parents, especially after the Battle of Hogwarts. And especially all after all of those people had died, essentially for him, I'm sure that it would have changed. Yeah. Like, I see, like, maybe Ron and Hermione are, like, together in the mirror. Oh and, like, maybe, like, Harry would see... I always pictured Harry later on, like, his thing just being seeing himself without the scar because that's really what's the problem of his entire life and I think that that's an important part of them like that they have a common desire for everyone to just be safe like I feel like that's important to take a note of and especially in the later books I think it would be a tiny bit different for each one of them because yeah. I feel like after the war, like obviously that's what they all want. They want everyone to be safe. But I feel like Harry is probably like racked with guilt because while those people who died died for the cause, mm-hmm. they died for him as well because he was, you know, essentially the cause. Like, you yeah. know, it was him. It was because of him that all of that had to happen. So I feel like his would not only be everyone being safe, it's just that he wouldn't be the reason that people were, mm-hmm. like, dying anymore. I don't know how the mirror shows that, but, you I know, think it's, it's more... Scar. I think that's what it is. Like, True. that is really that what sense. causes everything. Kind of. It's not, you know, the scar itself, but it the scar is kind of yes. a symbol for, like, what the problem was. Okay. My... I Before... I'm gonna go back to the Nicholas Fumel stuff, but I'll just keep oh, yeah, on this ahead. mirror thing we're talking about right now. What do you, sure. it, this is just the whole thing. What do you think Dumbledore really saw in the mirror? Um, I'm putting you on the even... spot right now. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> um, I didn't really think about it much until, you know, the conversation with Aberforth. And after Aberforth. Harry saw Aberforth. Just, I'm American, Colin, please. I'm American too. <laughs> At least I know how to okay. pronounce things. You're trying to be British right now. You're trying to impress our audience in Britain. I am? Just stop it. (laughs) I don't think Aberforth is a common British name. Just leave me alone. Okay. (laughs) Let me, like... Okay. I feel like, honestly, Dumbledore, it wouldn't... I don't think... I know that some people think it would be Ariana and bringing her back and all of that, Mm -hmm. but I think it would be just, like, making amends because I feel like he never... I don't think he ever talked to 
Aberforth about it. Like, I don't think they ever really had that conversation and said, you know, either it's it's our fault that Ariana is dead and we got carried away and all of that. So I feel like Dumbledore should probably be, you know, him and Aberforth, their relationship repaired and there, that there no longer be a bridge between them. Because there was, ever since that happened, you know, they were never able to be brothers again. They lived close to each other, but I don't really think that they ever talked about it. Yeah, I agree. So, I didn't really I have anything in probably... mind for that. <laughs> yeah. But... <laughs> you just want to see I think I it's <laughs> so stupid that in Crimes of Grindelwald, they show him desiring Grindelwald the greatest of all. Do you not remember that? Like, he sees Grindelwald in the mirror of Erised. Oh, that's so weird. I also hate how they had him be a Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher. He He's taught not... Transfiguration. I try... I... I mean, that there's a whole bunch of mistakes so there, like McGonagall being alive. Yeah. Um, okay, so back to the <laughs> Nicholas Lamell stuff. <laughs> We're all over the place in this chapter. Yeah, it's okay, it's okay. It's part of the process, you know, the thought process. We just have to bounce around all over the place. Um. So I love how mischievous and full of, like, spirit the Golden Trio are in this book. Like, the scene where they're, <laughs> like, know. playing with Hagrid, and he's like, you're a bit keen to be studying in the library. And they're like, no, we're looking for Nicholas Lamel. Like, they're such little brats, and I love it. Like <laughs> I know, it's so funny. I always loved, like, poor Hagrid. He would always say something, be like, I was not supposed to say that. <laughs> I was not supposed to say that. And he's always like, it's worth, like, more than my job. And it's like, don't Dumbledore would never fire him. No. Like, there's no way. Never. He could literally tell Dumbledore, he's like, hey, look, I leaked really important, like, even bigger than this, like, really important information to three 11-year-olds. He clearly does like, not care about who he hires, okay? <laughs> Dumbledore just wants a good group of friends. He doesn't care if they actually are, like, good teachers or whatever. I give him a break for Umbridge because he didn't really appoint her. Yeah. The ministry was like, you're going to do this because I say so. Uh-huh. And he was but like... But Gilderoy Lockhart. I like, <laughs> I like that people say that like the reason he hired Gilderoy was that he had a crush on him. <laughs> like, <laughs> I wouldn't take Dumbledore as being so like like that. Like I think that... It's, I mean, sure, it's possible, but I don't think Dumbledore was, like, that much of an idiot that he'd be like, yeah. man, I like this guy, I'm gonna hire him. Like, Dumbledore wasn't, like, that, what do I want to say? Like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, he wasn't an idiot, you know? <laughs> he wasn't gonna do that just for a crush. Yeah, no. You know, like, I... I don't think so, but not, I think yeah, it's a funny not... thought. Also, Gilderoy's, like, <laughs> way younger than him, so that would be a bit creepy. <laughs> He's, like, 60 years younger than him. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, 100. I don't even know how old was Dumbledore. I don't know. Like... Okay. Okay. This is a weird thing I just noticed when I read this. Snape told okay. Filch to tell him if anyone was wandering around the restricted section. Why is that? Hmm. I'm Does sure. he not, like, want Quirrell reading up on the dark magic or something? Like... I, that's what I was going to say. I would assume that because I think, I don't know if this just happened in the movie, if it was the book, but didn't, um, this is like part of my point. I'm not just talking about the last book to like t- not talk about this, but um, didn't Harry see in the Pensieve that Dumbledore told Snape, like, keep an eye on like Quirrell? Was that it? Like, was that just the movie? Or was yeah, the I, book? no, I think it was in the book too. It was like a little quip okay, at yeah. the end. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm sure that at that point, Snape has an eye on Quirrell and Quirrell is like, 
trying to get to the stone. So I'm sure he would be reading up on all kinds of, you know, because he Mm. had to guess, like, what did each teacher put something in place to protect the stone? He's probably reading up on different things to, like, um, and dark magic, like, in the restricted section, like, it wouldn't be, he knows that it won't be simple magic. Like, this is going to be advanced protective like enchantments so 11 sure year olds can to... beat <laughs> yes it's okay they were just really advanced 11 yeah. year olds but i'm sure that he was expecting all kinds of insane things and so especially in areas that he wasn't familiar with like herbology like if right. someone told me if like if let's just say like that was like us and we were like every single teacher put a something there to protect them it's like oh, okay i know absolutely nothing about plants i can't keep them alive I should probably read about, like, dangerous ones, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm sure that's what Quirrell was doing. He was probably... And once, you know, they see, like, a lamp knocked over and they're like, someone's been here. You know, I'm sure Snape was like, man, like, (laughs) someone's been sneaking around. He probably thought it was Quirrell. Okay. So I think I'm done with this chapter. Or actually, we didn't mention anything about Christmas. That's so sad. (laughs) <laughs> but I'm all, I'll just say that it. I'm so disappointed that they they don't all have the initials on their sweaters, like in the movie. Oh. That hurts yeah. me. Well, yeah. One year, Harry had a snitch on his, didn't he? So it wasn't always No, I think that initial. was just socks. He was got it? socks, and then he gave them like, to Dobby. Like I'm sweater. pretty sure. He did, yeah. But one sock had snitches on it, and the other one had something else. Like, the socks were mismatched, and that's why Dobby was like, yeah. No, it might have been a lion. He had a lion at some point. Yeah, I could have sworn that he had, like, a snitch on his sweater, but I could be wrong. Okay. But, um, wait, I always (laughs) love that Christmas chapter. And, like, (laughs) I always love that Christmas chapter in the third book, I think, or was it later? When there were 13 of them at the table and Trelawney mm-hmm. is like, no, no, no one get up. And it's like a whole thing. And then um, Dumbledore made, I think it was Snape, like pull apart one of those crackers with him. And it like exploded and like put out like, there was like a flowery hat in it. And Dumbledore wore yeah. it like all of dinner. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. Um, oh, wait, I had a quick um, note um, on Harry's invisibility cloak. Um, I actually... This was about, like, the writing specifically. So Harry's given the cloak that belonged to his father, and we later find out it's from Dumbledore. Um, This is discussed more later, but um, during the First Wizarding War, Dumbledore was still, like, obsessed with the Hallows, and so he took possession of James' cloak, not just to protect him, because we all know that James probably would have snuck out of the house even when he was being manhunted by the greatest, like, dark wizard alive. But (laughs) (laughs) Dumbledore took it also to investigate the Hallows, and so I... I also, I find this to be really, on. Um, I feel like J.K.R. was really looking forward when she wrote this because she absolutely incorporated this information in a really big way later on. And I feel like when I read it the first time, I had already forgotten that, like, this was, had happened. And it was, I just thought that, that it tied in really well. But my note is that um, I wonder why Dumbledore chose this moment to give the cloak to Harry. Like, why at 11? It was almost like he knew that Harry was, like, kind of met, looking around for the Sorcerer's Stone, he was like, I'm just going to yeah, slip well, this cloak in here so that he can Dumbledore become invisible and go at the in end of the year. to the restricted like section. The year of testing Harry, like to see his skills. Like he, like, yeah. he knew that this kid had to be like the best of the best if they were going to defeat Voldemort. And so he needed to, to see his yeah, skills true. and see what he would do. 
You're right. Yeah, I just thought that was funny because he's like, he's obviously he was observing mm-hmm. Harry because everyone was, you know, every every adult there was. And I'm sure he's like, he's like watching Harry. He's like, okay, I think it's time to whip out the old <laughs> cloak and just leave it there and see what he'll do when he first. Be- oh, I was actually, I was kind of wondering when I was rereading this and I was like, I wonder how Dumbledore knew that Harry was there at the Mirror of Erised. But I think that once he knew that Harry had received his invisibility cloak, he was like watching out for mm-hmm. him. And, like, wondering what he would do with it. So I'm pretty sure I just, like, answered my own question. Oh my but I'm pretty sure that that's I probably why he was men- there. We didn't mention that when Dumbledore uses the spell they use in Order of the Phoenix, wah, that feels like an egg cracking on your the head. The disillusionment yes. charm? The disillusion- disillusionment charm. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Okay, let's move on to yeah. chapter 13? 13. 13. Okay. First note. Why doesn't Gryffindor have a secret reserve? (laughs) There's like no answer to that question. I don't know. What is wrong with them? (laughs) (laughs) That's like, you know, I know that like you and I are both theater people, but not everyone listening is, but that's like, I've done shows and there's like no understudies. And I personally because of stress like I get sick when I get stressed because I'm so stressed out that like my immune system like flips out and I have been sick during every single show I have ever done and there are never understudies and I'm like doing a part and like dude I can't sing I can't even talk like I don't even I have nothing I have nothing coming out of me right now it's like why don't we have understudies you know okay well I'm sorry I'm not cutting you off I'm not dismissing you but No, I know. I'm just, like, I'm agreeing with you. Like, they should probably. But I'm sure that they they were kind of thinking, like, dude, this kid, I mean, they probably don't, they don't know that right at this moment. But I'm sure that later they're like, he's constantly, like, losing all of the bones (laughs) in his arm and, like, doing all kinds of crazy things. I'm sure that he'll be okay for our next game. (laughs) I feel like they're probably just, like, because he's so good, they're like, please let us not need a reserve seeker. <laughs> okay, so on the Nicholas Flamel card, it states... Yes. Okay, I just found something interesting. So, I Dumbledore defeats Grindelwald in 1945, right? Crimes yeah. of Grindelwald took place in 1927. The next few movies will take place over a span of 18 years. I don't even, I don't even know. There That's kind of so crazy, isn't it? Me. Yeah, there are so many things that confuse me about those movies. Like, I honestly was really irritated when they made Credence another, like, brother of Dumbledore's. It's like, that I don't think, I think with. Grindelwald was lying. But, like, if he oh, was probably. lying, that would be a weird thing to put at the end of the movie when it's supposed, like, yeah. it seems like a plot twist, That's you know? supposed to be, like, a big revelation. Yeah, I yeah. thought it was weird. I was also irritated, like, <laughs> I just be, I was, like, in the theater, like, seething because they made... <laughs> Dumbledore, like, a, a Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher, and I was like, he taught Transfiguration. He's, he taught Transfiguration. Like, what? what is and this? Like, how is this helping the plot? don't explain how, like, Credence is still alive. They're just like, he's alive. <laughs> Magic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, go Paranel Flamel. Find yourself a man who can make yourself a mortar. A mortal, okay? Like, a mortar. <laughs> like mortar and pestle <laughs> she she scored when she found nicholas lamau could you imagine <laughs> i mean 
Yeah, no, that would honestly imagine like you get married and it's like all good, and he's like, okay, that is okay, one okay, way to thing. find your sugar daddy right there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a bit different because they were around the same age, so it wouldn't like actually she's I don't know older I would... than him, so I don't. She was so. yeah, because she was born in. When I looked her up, I'm pretty sure she was born in thirteen twenty eight. But I feel like I remember that like in the book. Like, in um, Sorcerer's Stone, she was written in to be younger than him, but in real life, she was older. I feel like I remember... Or was she, like, written as older in the books? Because I'm blanking right now. Because if so... I don't remember. No, she was written I, as older. I remember looking at that before. Okay, yeah. I remember... <laughs> it's funny because I read these when I was, like, 10. I remember seeing that, and it's like, I've never met a married couple where the man was not older. <laughs> I was, also, like, reading it, and I, like, read... Right, right there. Like, they stayed together for, like, hundreds of years. Like, they like truly loved each other. Ago. I mean, yeah. I mean, at the same time, it's like, you can't get divorced. You can't go and <laughs> marry someone else when you're 500 years old. Yeah, who's gonna like, imagine, want a 500-year-old? Like, <laughs> imagine they get divorced, and they're, like... Let's say, like, at this point, they're, like, 450, right? They... And... But, like, in the divorce settlement, is he going to give her the elixir still? Or is he going to be like, absolutely not. If you're divorcing me, you don't get any. And then she's, like, 450, and she's, like, she can't re... I mean, not that she or anyone has to remarry after they get divorced, but at the same time, it's, like, what are you supposed to do then when you're, like, hundreds of years old? Oh, no. I was, like, do they cover if, like... Um, being immortal by the Philosopher's Stone means that, like, you can't die whatsoever, just that you can't die of old age. I think... I think it would be more about old age, because I don't think the Elixir of Life would shield you from any kind of, like, curses or anything. Mm. I think it would be more of, like, you know, disease. I'm sure that it would shield you from that, because it, it gives you health as well. Yeah. Um, it's not just making you immortal because if it didn't give you health, they would be looking really rough at 600 years old. <laughs> like they would not be doing great, you know? Um, but it gives, uh, so I think, like, yeah, it gives they you. They show him in Crimes of Grindelwald yeah. and he looks rough then. I can't imagine how he looks <laughs> in this book. <laughs> like, oh <my> God. <laughs> could you but imagine? Still, it gives you relative health for that age. So I'm sure, yeah. I don't think it would shield you from curses or anything like that i'm sure it would shield you from well he natural was pretty things powerful. like disease i hate that i to keep up bringing fantastic beasts because they're horrible things <laughs> in my opinion but like he he's we see him being powerful in crimes of grindelwald because he's like the final person who like stops grindelwald's fire or something yeah yeah Okay. I, I don't even remember those movies. I also think I have, like, one tiny little bone to pick. Not necessarily with Fantastic Bees, but with, like, some of the people who watch them. And it's like, watch whatever you want. But I just, I've seen a lot of people saying things about, like, thinking that Lita Lestrange was a direct descendant of Bellatrix Lestrange. But you forget mm. that Bellatrix Lestrange was a Lestrange by marriage. And she right. was... A black beforehand. So Lita Lestrange would be an ancestor of Rodolphus Lestrange. No, see, what I was thinking when I was watching that movie was, how is there going to be a lineage? Like, they kill off all the Lestranges. What? <laughs> I might oh, be wrong. Wait. But how is I there looked going up to the be... tree because, um, let's see. Let me, like, 
find it really quickly. I don't want to, like, delay. Also, just random note, Nicholas Flamel is not part of the Sacred 28, in case you were wondering. And I think <laughs> that might be a nod to that he was a real person. So, like, he has muggle blood in him. Okay, um, this isn't big enough. I'm only Also, he might have ex- existed before the Sacred 28 happened, so. Wait, no, that doesn't Um, no. Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah. Okay, so let me, let me look at this real quick. Um, it's like any family tree that I see Bellatrix on, Lita is not on it. Um, okay. I oh, God, these are like written in such tiny letters. Like why, how do you expect me to see anything? Um, okay. Here's Lita Lestrange. How is she related to Bellatrix? Why is Bellatrix not on any family tree that Lita Lestrange is oh on? But... We do know, at least, that she... No, because they're not on the... She'd be on the black family tree. Bellatrix would. Well, Bellatrix would still be, you know, on the Lestrange family tree by marriage. You still have to Are write Are they showing in. the marriages there? Yeah. Because here we have um, Theseus. I'm seeing him. Uh, oh. Let's see. Let's just... How are... I'm just... <laughs> how are... Bellatrix and Lady Lestrange related. That was like the first thing that came up when I looked up how. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, yeah. So it says, at most, Lita and Rodolphus are very distant cousins. Oh, 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 so, cousins? Yeah. That seems weird. So it must be I some mean, like yeah. random part, other part of their family that continues like the legacy. It's, it would be like a sibling of her sibling of her sibling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's funny because, like, the first sentence of this article is like, you may not know, but the most famous Lestrange is won only by marriage. And it's like, we knew. Well, I'm assuming Lita was burned off the tree as well because she married a Scamander and the Scamanders are, like, very pro-Muggle, so. Yeah, because she, yeah, she married Theseus. But, um, yeah, that's it. That's all I had to say because I've seen a lot of people, like, acting like Lita was, like, Bellatrix's, like, grandmother or something. It's, like, they weren't even directly related. Like, okay. at all. <laughs> another point for Ron Weasley. Because <laughs> he Yay! gets another attack on Malfoy at the Quidditch Stadium. While Neville takes that. out Crab and Toil. Good for them. I almost forgot about that. I love that part. It's so funny. Because then, like, Hermione's, like, still cheering on, like, Harry. And then she turns around. She's like, Ron, Ron, did you see I that? I love Ron, how are you? Hermione is that whole time. <laughs> while Ron is just, like taking all of his pain out on <laughs> Malfoy. Oh my gosh, yeah, she's like cheering on Harry and she's like, yes, Ron, did you see that? She's like, Ron, where are you? <laughs> um, so funny. That's all, my chap- that's all my notes on that chapter. Do you have any before 14? Um, I didn't like specifically specify when I wrote my notes, so <laughs> you I'm You clearly not sure. write different kinds of notes here. <laughs> I usually do. I was just like rushing because I had like homework and stuff. <laughs> okay. So, um, I did have like, here's like a good first example of like the trio thinking that Snape is behind everything. It's so funny because like I know they're 11, but they're like, man, he's mean. He must be literally doing everything everything and i mean i don't blame them completely especially in this book but it it does happen quite a lot throughout the series it's like they're proved wrong ones and they're like they always pop in at times where snape looks the guiltiest like yeah honestly and it's like you'd think that after like the first oh i don't know three times of thinking that snape is behind everything and being wrong that they would give it up 
same with Malfoy. Not that Malfoy doesn't deserve the heat, but, you know, um, I was, the scene where they, like, find out that Snape is refereeing the Quidditch match and everyone falls into a deep depression for, like, a day and everyone's like, oh my god, (laughs) it's over, it's all over, and they're all, like, freaking out, and, like, they lose, like, they lose their minds. And then, obviously, they find out Dumbledore is there, and they're like, yes, like, nothing can happen. But I also wonder... If Dumbledore was there because he knew that, like, something was going on with Snape and Quirrell. He obviously knew that Snape was innocent. Um, But I wonder if he was, like, if he made Snape referee. Or, no, Snape, we know that Snape did it because Quirrell tried to, like, kill Harry. But um, I wonder if Dumbledore came to the Quidditch match because he was like, there's something really weird going on and I should make Mm -hmm. sure that Harry doesn't get cursed off his broom. Because I'm sure that Snape told him. You know, it was yeah, like, I hey, wonder, dude. I, um, I wonder if Vold- if Dumbledore already knew at this point that Quirrell maybe. was doing I mean, bad things. If he told him, if he told Snape, keep an eye on Quirrell, he had to have good reason to suspect. And mm-hmm. I, we know that Dumbledore knew, like, literally everything. So I wonder if he was there, because Snape probably went into his office, his, into his office and was like, hey, dude, um what (laughs) harry harry almost got cursed off of his broom and dumbledore was like weird i should probably be at the next match (laughs) and then the kids see that as like oh we saw snape muttering because he can't do silent magic and (laughs) and then dumbledore went and i'm sure like i guess like if you don't know the whole story i'm sure that the kids seeing that happening are probably like oh my god like dumbledore totally suspects snape so i must be right but it's it's completely completely different (laughs) Okay, chapter 14, Norbert the Norwegian Ridgeback. Okay, so my note on Norbert is, how did Hagrid not notice that Norbert was a girl? <laughs> um, I don't know, Colin, I, it's a dragon, okay. it was already how breathing fire. Not, was there not a section on dragon genitalia <laughs> in all those books he was taking out? I'm very confused here and or are dragons different and they can switch genders like clownfish because i would love that um i given that i'm not an expert on dragons actually might be a shock to you guys um i can't say um i don't know i feel like kagrid is probably a bit preoccupied with the fact that he had a dragon in his cabin to like actually check i guess it's like that thing of people assuming that like things are male or whatever um he was probably like oh dragon scary man you know (laughs) that's probably his thought process but i mean also at the same time we know that hagrid doesn't think things through because he took a dragon egg from a man in a cloak who somehow knew that he wanted a dragon in exchange for secret information about the dog that is guarding the Sorcerer's Stone on the third floor. Like, we know that he's not thinking straight right now. So I yeah. would not be surprised if he just didn't think about but what sex like, his dragon Hagrid was. is very passionate about animals. You'd think that he's, True. like, be taking all these, like, research points on it. And, like, making sure he knows everything yeah. about it. But at the same time, one of the first things he does with his dragon is, like, play with it. And then he's like, oh, look, he knows his mommy. Hagrid's not worrying about gender right now. (laughs) Is, like, Hagrid is, like, possibly the only good person in Harry Potter who defies gender norms. True. Which is, you know, there's an exception to every rule. And so, clear, this is a You're stealing my line. (laughs) Um, Excuse me. Um, There is a... Like, clearly, 
you can see J.K. Rowling's beginnings, of, may, maybe not even beginnings, but you can see some transphobia in her writing. And I think yeah, Hagrid absolutely. is the exception to the rule of defying gender norms. Makes you, like, okay, yeah. you know, he carries a pink umbrella. Yeah. And he's the mummy of him. Norbert and stuff. So <laughs> Mummy, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. yeah, I just, I feel like, not that it was our job to see her for what she was, but at the same time, like, rereading the books and really going in depth with them right now, it's like, I read them and I'm like, how did I not see this? Like, how exactly. did I not see all of this blatant like racism and like the stereotypes and all kinds of crap like you can see it everywhere like Like, rita skeeter is written with like mannish hands and like parkeroff's written with like a girly voice and like madame maxine is just you know like she's big and that can't be a feminine (laughs) trait like yeah it's like i mean Although I I don't like Rita Skeeter at all, it's still not fair. (laughs) You know, she can be feminine and horrible, you know? She didn't have to have, like, mannish hands to be a total witch, but... Right. Yeah. I, like, I honestly would have liked it more if she was just, like, this, like, spunky, like, like, pretty, like, news reporter that, like ruins people's lives obviously she's not like young <laughs> because like yeah, you see no, her in like, flashback always, but yeah whenever i i mean i feel like the actress who played rita skeeter in the movies was a pretty good like that's basically exactly yeah. what i was seeing in my head and she not that i have any authority to decide who has mannish hands not this that's a bad thing either but she's exactly what i saw like the super long scarlet colored nails like the super uh-huh. curly hair like the really tight curls and it's like you know she's a pretty woman she's evil which kind of takes away from that but like, that's right. that's basically what i saw like a conventionally pretty woman who just spent her life being horrible which is why i'm sure that she was perceived as like not attractive because it's like it's hard to be attracted to pretty people with really ugly personalities so <laughs> charlie is a great brother he didn't yes. question, he didn't at question all it at how all. Ron was harboring an illegal dragon. <laughs> yeah, he was just Pro- like. I, honestly, it's probably because Charlie like did the same thing at his age. Like most likely, he was probably like, "Man, I wish Hagrid had had a dragon when I was there." Right? <laughs> I think that's so funny. I just I can't imagine the letter. Like Ron's like, "Hey Charlie, um, I have a dragon that I need to get rid of, <laughs> and there can't be any evidence." And I need your help because you train dragons. And Charlie probably read that and was like, I mean, as one does. Yeah. <laughs> as one does at Hogwarts. <laughs> yeah, it's probably, it, it's definitely not the weirdest thing that happens at Hogwarts. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I feel like with, Harry was always like, I mean, since he got the cloak, he was always really preoccupied about knowing that like, especially in the first book, he's like, okay, my feet aren't showing, it's completely covering me, and then he forgets it at the top of the astronomy tower. Oh my tower. gosh, that's literally <laughs> like, my own, like, like the last note I have is just, Harry and Hermione are stupid. Like, what is wrong <laughs> with them? What, like, oh my gosh. What was going through their head? Like, I understand, like, you're tired and you're just, like, over it, but like, yeah, and you're you so excited that the dragon's that gone. there is not a cloak over you and like you probably should have enough tension in you that you are taking all the steps to make sure you are yeah oh my gosh and i'm sure that you know it does it does say that they were like 
yes, no more dragon, high five, and they left. But at yeah. the same time, but at the same time, they should probably still be really tense. Like, oh my god, we just got rid of an illegal dragon. You know, like that should probably have run through their heads. So yeah, I just I remember I remember reading that part, and of course Filch just had to be there. Of course he just had to be at the bottom of the stairs. But I mean, at the same time, it's like if he was already there, he knew they were there, and. Right. They were probably going to get, they were probably going to run into him in the cloak and he was going to grab it and it was just going to be over and they were probably going to get caught either way. And this way, Filch didn't end up stealing the invisibility cloak because he would have if Harry and Hermione would have run into him, which they would have, and he would have just grabbed it and taken it and they would have had to break into his office and that would have been a whole other problem. So I, just, I feel like I it had to happen this, this way. Beautiful mental image of Filch <laughs> just like going up the stairs with his hands like to each wall like, <laughs> ready to like toss like toss them over. Oh my gosh. Honestly Filch Filch would. I'm sure that if like the headmaster led him, he would literally take kids at the top of the astronomy tower and throw them. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he would. Like he absolutely He'd, like he have would... bungee jumping classes. Like <laughs> Yeah, just with no trampoline at the yeah. bottom. Just see how high you can bounce on the grass. Like <laughs> Yeah, I did have a quick note about like oh. Harry following Quirrell and Snape into the forest where Snape is like threatening oh. Quirrell. Here's another like example no of like no way Harry was that quiet like exactly you know that like he was no wrestling trees and like they even said that he like had to like come up really f- did he have the cloak with him no no yeah exactly so it's like you would think that when you're trying you would think that when you're trying to be secretive and you're walking into the forbidden forest you're looking around you and above you to see if there are any 11 year olds following you on their broom <laughs> like they were at the very you know, front of the forest, so there were still, there was, like, visibility above uh-huh. the trees, so I'm sure that they would hear something. Look up and see Harry there on his broom. Like, I really doubt that they were like, so he's obtuse 11. that they just you didn't. know he, like, just, like, was sneezing or something. Like, you know. <laughs> and he thinks he's, like, so sneaky. But yeah, it's like, like, they'll never hear me. And it's yeah. like, what? But here's, like, again, it's like he shows up when Snape looks the guiltiest and i mean quirrell was really putting on a show with the fake stutter and all of that Uh like i mean and it really honestly helped him out like i mean obviously dumbledore suspected him which is the last person he wanted to suspect him but at the and that's like it was just the most convenient situation like literally like a bird hoots at the time when like harry needs that information to prove snape isn't a bad person like literally (laughs) the animals were probably like he should be hearing this but at the same time it's like that makes me think and how we always said like i wonder why no one asked quirrell if he was okay when he came back with a fake stutter but i honestly now that i'm getting like farther into the book i feel like dumbledore probably saw through it now that we we remember that Dumbledore suspected him probably from the beginning. Dumbledore probably saw that and was like, that's fake. That's fake. You know, he probably, Coral probably came back and yeah, he's he was like stuttering reader. and stuff. And he could definitely tell. True. And, but either way, I'm sure that he was like, I very, mean, it might like, be very confusing when you're like, you know, you're trying to stare at him and there's two minds that like are contradicting each other. <laughs> could you imagine yeah. that? My God. Um, yeah, but at the same time, I'm sure that, given that what we know about Dumbledore, he was very intuitive, so I'm sure that he saw that something was weird with Quirrell when he came back, like, not just a stutter, like, his behavior in general, and so I'm sure that 
he probably came back and he was like, that's, that's not real. <laughs> He's like, that's fake. <laughs> that's not even... Well, since but, we, yeah. like, have a little bit of time left, I did have a note that I didn't make before because I was okay. like, this is going to take so much time. But, like, <laughs> <laughs> what, like, there's the part where they're at the beginning of chapter 12 and they're like, it's stormy weather and they, Hagrid had to nurse the owls back to health. Literally, what is the benefits of using owls as messengers? Like, <laughs> there are real things that, like, could mess up like the arrow's a terrible one and he's so old so yes exactly like they are real animals that are like vulnerable to being animals like how like i get that like you're they're wizards and they like being kooky and they like not (laughs) following what muggles are doing but like jesus christ you couldn't find any other thing to use for your mail i mean yeah i have a couple i know that they could write letters which they do they just send the letters by owl but at the same time it's like this is happening at least the book we're talking about in 1991 so there's like i i feel like you're partly looking at this like why don't they just text each other but at the same time i know no i know but even phones like with especially at hogwarts the sheer magic that surrounds of like talking to people Freaking flu powder. Why do, like, they only use it, like, one or twice, once or twice? Yeah, but wasn't it, like, uncomfortable to be, like, on your knees with your face in a fire? Like, okay. wasn't that You know what's more uncomfortable? Having to wait, like, two weeks for a reply because your <laughs> owl's slow. Like, what is going on? Yeah, but, I mean, at the same time, phones wouldn't really be the best option either because especially around areas like Hogwarts, the magic that is in the air makes those things not work. So I'm sure that in some areas, like, the borough isn't so surrounded by magic that you probably could hold a phone conversation, but they also live in the country, so there are probably no cell towers, and there's just, like, a million things that would prevent them from using phones. Flu powder, sure, I'm sure they could use that, but at the same time, you know, Harry definitely described it as uncomfortable when he did it that one time, he was, because his knees were, like, buckling, and it was just, like... So, like, they, like, male men, male, like male wizards i'm not saying male as in like a man but like male wizards they should be like why can't they do like the muggle for freaking once because like all they would have to do is just operate from place to place yeah i mean you're not wrong you know it would probably be more efficient but then again what's the fun in that you wouldn't even get to bring a pet to hogwarts why would, you know, you wouldn't even bring an owl because there would be no I'm so angry about this pet rule. I know, I know. I'm just, yeah, my two cents about the rat, at least, is that we're supposed to suspect that there's something weird about Peter yeah. Pettigrew, or who we later come to know with Peter Pettigrew. The tarantula was not Lee's pet. He was trying to show off the massive spider he found the God knows puff. where. I have nothing the to say puff. for that. We will get to exactly. it later. I'm not going to form an opinion about the pygmy puff. I mean, it's so small. Like, who cares? <laughs> who cares, honestly? And then, I don't know if this is actually in the book. I'm pretty sure it's not. But in the movie, Harry's <laughs> children have ferrets. Did you notice that? They have... Get ferrets. They're taking ferrets to school. The rule might have changed in 17 years. Okay. But when did they were like... Hmm, maybe they can have ferrets. <laughs> like, <laughs> like so owl, ferrets... cat, rat, 
maybe throw in a ferret. Who knows? <laughs> okay, aren't ferrets illegal as pets in the state we live in? Yes, everything's illegal in California. The reason I said the state we live in was I know, so that I'm we didn't cut it completely. Out. Okay, you can just <laughs> okay, bleep it out. Do you think real they're obnoxious. Detect where we are because I said California. Do you know how many people live in California? Yeah, but I feel like if they could listen to the way we talk, they would probably be like, "Yeah, SoCal." <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm just saying. What you think people what? are like? That is a. Accent right there. <laughs> you better cut now all I'm of not this out. it out. Now everyone has to know. <laughs> now you have to bleep it out. <laughs> no. Well, I think that's the end of this episode. Um, wow. I, yeah, a bit early today. So. I know we didn't go over an hour. Yeah. This is so new for us. <laughs> Yeah, so thank you. It's since we were covering three chapters today. That's true. Um, oh, yeah, this is our second to last episode on the Sorcerer's Stone. We have one more. Right. Which is really exciting because then we get to get onto the Chamber of Secrets, obviously, because we're going chronological right. order. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, yeah. So Let's that's... just go backwards. <laughs> that would be fun. That would be, that would be a be good concept for a podcast, actually. That like, would really actually, we should have thought of that. Yeah. Oh my gosh, we're so dumb. Yeah, let's just start now. Just delete all of our episodes and start start at the end right. and go backwards. <laughs> well, okay. thank you to the like twenty five ish of you guys that are consistently listening to our podcast. We really appreciate <laughs> you, and we'll see you next week. Or yeah, <laughs> yeah. next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Go follow us on Instagram at Ron and Hermione Minds of Romance. And we'll see you next week when we finish Philosopher's Stone.